From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We begin hour number two of the Lombardi Line, presented by BetMGM. Dave Ross here in Las Vegas at the South Point Casino. And Michael Lombardi joins us back home in New Jersey. And, Michael, maybe it was getting a little tight, and Rory felt that and said, you know what, let me just get an easy tap in birdie here on six to elongate that lead a little bit. Now the betting market is reflecting that, Michael. He's now minus 260 to get this done. Still a lot of golf to play here. Victor Hovland, though, has drifted as he missed his birdie putt. So he's still right now one over par for the day. So he is two shots behind Rory. He's plus 450. Then Cameron Smith is next at plus 650. Uh, Cameron Young at 12 to 1. And then you really go to some long shots. Tommy Fleetwood, 70 to 1. Dustin Johnson, who was just 50 to 1. He's already drifted to 75 to 1. Adam Scott then at 90 to 1. Siwoo Kim at 100 to 1. So it feels like now. We've got a three-horse race here between Rory, Victor, and Cam Smith. Even though Cam Young is there with Cameron Smith, the betting market still doesn't reflect it at 12 to 1. And I think that's just pedigree, right? We look at Cam Smith and go, we know how hot he can get with that putter. So that's why he's still getting respect, even though he and Cam Young are tied right now, uh, three off the lead at 14 under par. Do you think nerviness, nerves will come into play here for Rory as we come down to the stretch? Or do you think that that birdie might have really settled him? Well, I mean, then he went and hit driver off a of six, you know, with no really. Uh, and, and Hovland went with, went with an iron. And, mm. you know, he just has so much confidence in his driver that I think he's feeling it right now. And, I mean, look, if you're at, you're at 12 under, you're having a hell of a day. But I don't know if there's enough holes to catch him. 
Right. You know, I know there's still 13 holes to go that he has to play, but it's going to get challenging. And if he just, at some point, he's just going to start playing the middle of the fairway and play the course and not any opponent. And I think that's what he's doing right now, David. I think he realizes Hovland, to me, is the one who looks nervous. I mean, that putt at, at, at five was never going to have a chance to get in the hole. You right. know, and, and I think, as you've indicated, the pressure of – of the of the event along with his weakness of his game combine those two together he's not putting like he needs to do yeah that's the problem for Vic it's around the greens remember this is a young player here what I believe 24 years of age for Victor Hovland right now Uh, world-class player we all know that and you mentioned him coming from uh, from Norway to going all the way to Oklahoma State and you know, maybe he's got more of an American game with with a high, high ball flight. He's a great ball striker. Like to me, when you look at young ball strikers out there in the world, that's like Will Zalatoris. That's Victor Hovland. And ironically, the bugaboo for both of those guys is certainly for Vic, it's chipping, and for Will Zalatoris, it's putting. So Rory McIlroy doesn't really have a weakness. He's the best driver of the golf ball. Everybody tell you when Rory is on, there is no better driver of the golf ball than Rory McIlroy. Period. Uh, it's always been kind of the putter. Can he get the putter going? But when he putts well, he's one of the best putters in the world. So there's really no weaknesses to Rory's game. For Cam Smith, it's driving accuracy. He might be the streakiest putter when he gets it going. Could be the best and certainly the hottest, and that's what he's going to need here uh, as he gets closer and closer to the back nine. Cam Smith is going to have to rely on that putter to get red hot to have a chance to catch these guys. But I do wonder, you, you know, like in team sports, if Tom Brady and the Patriots know they've got a team – uh, you know, by the neck. It's like, let's go ahead and step on them and let's just go ahead and end this thing now, whether it's second quarter, third quarter, or whatever. It feels like we're rounding out into halftime, if you will, if the, you know, the front nine is the proverbial half, and then we get to the second half here. Do you sense that Rory says now, all right, I've got two shots on the kid, Victor Hovland. He's got to stare me down. We're in the same group. It's time for me to go, because you mentioned he just hit driver there. I wonder if Rory senses that now, that, okay, minus 225 in the betting market, it's go time for me to get some separation. And then to your point, Michael, play it a little bit closer to the vest on the back nine, which is the harder side here at St. Andrews. Well, I think Rory's got to go with whatever you are in a team sport, individual sport, you've got to address your strengths. And what are my strengths? And play to those. Forget the, forget the clock. Forget the amount of holes left. Is Your strengths should always be your strengths under pressure. And if you try to go around your strengths because of the situation to an area where you're not as strong, all of a sudden you're going to make a mistake and you're going to regret that. So I think the reason he took that driver out is he's got enough confidence in his ability to drive the ball down the middle of the fairway. Mm. And as long as he's willing to do that, I think he plays within himself. Now, you know, what I was worried about was if something bad happened early, would he overcome it? Would the demons of the past get into his head? But as we have said all along on this show, the, the book has really felt like through their analytics that Rory was the guy to win this tournament, and he's been proving them right so far. Well, how about this on six? He hits driver. I, I, I mean, this is just a game of golf that is unfamiliar to yours truly. He was driver, putter, driver, putter, and he just putted that onto the sixth green, and he's going to have a good look at birdie, and now it's reflected in the betting market. He's down to $2. So all of a sudden, not that Rory McIlroy cares about this, but if I were to set to you right now, I set a line, the lowest score ever is Tiger Woods at St. Andrews at 19-under to, to win a British Open. He's at 17-under. Now, this is a mythical 
line in a mythical game that we're playing here. If I gave you the choice of taking Rory to get to 20 under and set that scoring mark or Tiger in the clubhouse, if you will, at 19, which way would you go? Well, I know he's going to birdie 18 if he, even if he has the lead. I mean, because he's, you know that. I yeah. mean, if he can get through, the only one that would worry me of him getting to 20 would be 17. But I, I think he'll play that conservatively like he did here. I mean, we all talk about St. Andrews being this magical golf course. But, like, what golf course that you know that you can putt from the fairway? <laughs> Like it Zero. makes no sense to me at all. Like, Zero. I mean, and, and I'm a traditionalist. I like teams to be in the same uniform. I like, I don't like all these different colors. I like teams. The Celtics wear their colors. You mm -hmm. know, they, I like that. Like to me, I, I don't understand this. So you could putt from the fairway. You know, like it, it, I've it never seen that make any sense. No. You know, but but it, this is uh, this is where golf was invented. So we have to accept this is the greatest golf course. I don't see it. You know. I really don't. I like it. I love watching it. Uh, I, but to me, you know, I think there's more challenging. I, the, to me, golf was the Masters. That's what, you know, I want to sure. be able to sit there in my chair and know that if you can play 9, 10, and 11 well, if Rory, you know, if we're sitting here today and Rory knows he's got to play 9, 10, 11, and 12, we're th we're our, our whole mindset, that leaderboard looks a lot different, right? Because we all know what lies ahead. Yes, and that's and that's the problem. If you're trying to chase down Rory McIlroy, he's got easy golf courses, uh, golf holes coming, and again, you don't see that very often. But we were wondering why, and obviously, he's confident that he pulled driver there. It's for that. So Rory's mental. This is like coaching. Right? He's coaching right now, and he said, "If I bomb my driver the way I can, I can get really close here to the green, so I can pull out." the flat stick, and then put it up on the green. And now, again, he's got a good look at birdie, so we'll see if he can capitalize here. And what a play that would be in a par four if he went putter, putter, two putt for his birdie. It's going to come up just a little bit short. So Rory ends up making a par. He basically three-putted from the fairway. Think of that. So Rory McIlroy is going to tap in. No damage done here. And I was saying this to Stephen Bond, our producer, in the break here. If you're somebody like me that's got a ticket on Cam Smith, okay, Cam is either going to have to go super low, but I think the number that he's thinking about in his head is what you just mentioned. It's the scoring records, 19 or 20. He's got to get to that number. Somebody's got to get to that number to put any pressure on McIlroy, and then maybe he'll feel a little bit, and then we'll see what he does there. Because right now, it feels like Rory's that thoroughbred that's trying to run out like Secretariat and get that huge lead and then say, boys, you just don't have enough firepower to come get me. I think Cam Smith might be that one guy that does. Victor's showing some cracks here right now. Still has not made a birdie on this round. He's still one over. And you, you kind of felt like that's that coming in. Even though they were tied, the betting market was showing it. That Victor Hovland, you could have gotten as high as 2-1 to one to stare down Rory McIlroy and beat him today. That doesn't look like a good proposition right now as he's two back. But he's still only two off the lead. It's going to come down to, does Rory McIlroy make a mistake? He has not yet. Now, he's four of five, Michael, in these scenarios at majors leading uh, to close on a final round. Now, the one infamous one was back at Augusta, where I believe he shot 82. So, yeah. you know, it just but he's overcome that. Yeah, I mean, that was a long time that. ago. I mean, you talk about Will Hill's production. I mean, CBS, when he shanked the shot, the drive off of 10, that was the last we saw of Rory when he shot 82. That was like CBS didn't even show him anymore. He went into he was like Napoleon and went to Elba. <laughs> it was over. You know, it was the it was the end of him. So I, I think he's matured enough to get through that. I, I think, you know, he's playing within himself and 
And I don't think – I think he likes playing with Hovland mm. because I don't think he sees him as a real threat. I think he sees him as a perfect companion to play because his putter isn't going to get hot. And Rory knows more than anything that that if the putter's not hot, it, nobody's going to catch him. Yeah, that's a very salient point. This is the second day these guys have played together. So if there's any mental games uh, going on, Rory certainly knows what Vic can do and the best he can do because he saw it yesterday. He saw it firsthand. They played 18 holes and Victor Hovland was outstanding yesterday as they had matching 66. But think of that. Victor played as well as he could do, and he only matched Rory. He didn't beat Rory yesterday. They had the same score, fantastic scores, but still matching 66. You know, Stephen just said, is there a rich strike out there in our, you know, secretariat? If Rory is secretariat, is there a rich strike out there? Because I wonder, the one thoroughbred left is Cam Smith to me. But Cam Young, again, I feel like we discount him a little bit. He's still hanging tough. He's only three off the lead. And he's the two cams are still neck and neck in their own race here at, right now in third and fourth place. Yeah, I mean, it's going to take it's going to take something. McElroy's going to have to give something back. I yep. mean, Jordan Spieth bogeys, and he comes right back and birdies again. Mm. I mean, you know, he's minus four on the day. Dustin Johnson's minus two on the day at 12. It's just, to me, the, the, the reason that stat has been so prevalent is because it's a hard course to play catch-up if there's no wind, if there's no weather. And the only way these guys, you know, that are going to be able to catch him at 12, if they get to 14 or 15, he's going to have to give some back. It's a great point. Again, uh, Jordan Spieth, he's right there. He just stuck the green on the par three. So right now in the betting market, he's 110 to one to make an improbable comeback, but he's giving it a go. That is for sure. When we come back, we gave some red chips yesterday. Let's give out some blue chips for off the ball linebackers. Next in the Lombardi on Eason, the Sports Betting Network. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. I've been a journalist for two decades, writing cover stories for Business Week, Fortune, and Wired. And now, every Monday, 
I bring you conversations with people who are thinking deeply about work and where it fits into our lives. Like Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella on growth mindsets. The learn-it-all does better than the know-it-all. Or MacArthur Genius winner Angela Duckworth on talent versus grit. Your long-term effort and your long-term commitment are surprisingly important. Each episode delivers pragmatic advice for right now. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. You can build internal resources. That's what the study of psychology is about, building internal resources. Turning towards is one of the most important elements of successful relationships, no matter what kind of relationship it is. The thing that underpins all of this productivity stuff is finding a way to make the journey itself enjoyable. The journey is the destination. The beauty of uncertainty is infinite possibility. When you don't know what's next, you don't know what's next. And thus, anything can be next. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Time to download Nevada's premier sports betting app, BetMGM Sports. BetMGM is all of your favorite wagering options, along with in-game betting, boosted odds specials, and much, much more. Download the BetMGM app today or stop by any MGM casino on the Strip with your state-issued ID to open up an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. If you have a problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Back alongside Michael Lombardi, I look up, and a Cam has just made another birdie. Not Cam Smith, Cam Young. The young New Yorker is now to 15 under par, his fourth birdie of the day. Remember, he bogeyed one. So what a bounce back for Cam Young now. And I'll check the live betting numbers here, Michael. But I got to tell you, I don't know that he can get it all the way done. But for Cam Young, who is now 6-1, to one, Cam Smith is now 850 plus 850. So Cam Smith, uh, Cam Young, rather, has jumped to, to third spot here. Victor Hovland's 5-1, to one, Cam Young 6-1. to one. This young New Yorker over here playing at the birthplace of golf, St. Andrews, I'm really impressed with the way he's given this thing a go so far today. No doubt. I mean, look, you know, he's still right. I mean, he's the one guy along with Hovland that he can get in this thing. I mean, you know, at, at, when you're 13, you got Adam Scott's going to, you know, right there too. Adam Scott's four under on the day today. Mm-hmm. I, I think 13, 14, 15. I mean, it's going to take a mistake by Rory, but but he's right there. And Cam Young is hot. His putter's going for him. It really you know, is. That he's been able to overcome the bogey and to be three under after seven holes because we know the back, the second nine is going to be more challenging. We know that. That. So, uh, you know, look, he's in position. He's playing carefree, which I think you have to. It's probably good he's not playing with Rory, so he could just continue to play along. It's like Adam Scott. I mean, he's out there on 10. He just finished the 10th hole. You know, he's minus 13 on the day. 
Mm. Jordan Spieth is out there just playing. I mean, Dustin Johnson's got it going. He's minus two after nine, but he can't, but he's just too far back at 12. Same with Tommy Fleetwood. Tommy right. Fleetwood's three under on the day. I mean, you look at everybody in the top ten going back to Matt Fitzpatrick, you know, all the way up to, to Rory. There's only one guy in black numbers, and that's Hovland. Absolutely amazing, right? He cannot be over par like Vicky is so far today. By the way, Femi Bebefe just walked into the studio too, so I know he's going to start these golf sweats with us as well. Just I want everybody to know he's in studio. We're sweating out Cam Smith today, Femi? Yeah, we're sweating out Cam Smith. So we'll keep an eye there on Femi's plays as well. I want to get back to a discussion we've had the last couple of days, Michael. That's off-the-ball linebackers and your blue chippers and red chippers. We gave out the red chippers yesterday. Now we're getting to the elite that you've identified here and what makes them blue chippers? First of all, because Femi and I are both Cowboy fans, when I see Micah Parsons at the top of your list, I get excited because, Michael, I love the comments that he said. Micah said, hey, you know, me and, and Diggs, we can be as good as Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey. I don't know if you believe that, but tell me what makes Micah Parsons the top of your list here for the blue chip off the ball linebackers. Well, I mean, he's so versatile. So he's a lot like the way uh, he's a weapon. Because yeah. you don't know where he is going to line up in the in the scheme, so if he lines up over the the quarterback comes out and it's third down and he's sitting in the a gap, they've got to make a protection call. But as soon as they start to make a call and they say, you know, eleven's the mic, eleven's the mic, he can move out and line up a defensive end outside Lawrence, mm. and now well, who's got him? So you got to rechange the protection. Or he could come all the way back and stack behind the nose tackle and say, okay, where are we going? So the versatility, and what makes him so good versatile, versatility-wise is he can rush from a two-point stance and he can rush from a three-point stance. Plus he can play with power when he runs through there. So he's versatile in his ability. He can rush from the second level and he can rush from the first level. The first level is the defensive line. The second level is where the linebackers line up. And in that versatility and the way Quinn was utilizing him, you can attack the protections. You can attack the protections by making sure it's routed to Parsons and bring somebody off the other side, or you can make sure you get the correct matchup where you got four down linemen, Parsons on the field, right? So now you've got they've got to declare Parsons as a down guy. So who's got him? And now you've got a one-on-one -on -one matchup. That makes it very challenging. So to me, that's why he's there. And then when you Fred Warner is the reason the 49ers are so good defensively mm -hmm. because of of their, his ability to get the front. He makes a ton of tackles. He flies to the football. Again, playing linebacker in the National Football League today is like covering punts. You've got to be able <laughs> to run and tackle. And it's not about taking on blocks. It's about slip-sliding blocks. It's about getting on an edge, running through it. You know, David does that really well. Levante David down mm -hmm. in Tampa. You know, Campbell was a godsend for the, for the Packers this year. He's third in the league in tackles. He was able to make plays in the passing game. All these guys are not, I would say, elite man-to-man -man players in coverage. But what they are elite at is they can play regardless of the formation that the offense puts on the field. DeMario Davis down there in New Orleans, we know he's a tackling machine as well. And then Devondre Campbell in Green Bay. Tell me a little bit about Campbell because I feel like we know about Davis. He's been around the block here. What do you see in Campbell that really excites you? Well, I think what he did was he fit really well into the scheme. And he made a ton of tackles, had two interceptions. He was able to attack the quarterback. He really was, was the, the key component to this Packer defense that I felt like really did a nice job this year, kind of 
kind of even without Jair Alexander, who I felt was is one of the best corners in all of football when he's healthy. So for me, you know, Campbell was right around the ball. He was able to attack the quarterback. He kind of offset the fact that you know I, uh, the Smith, the two Smith, I call them brothers, but they really weren't brothers. <laughs> but now with Gary and Smith, you know, he kind of gave them stability within the middle of the defense. And you know, as a free agent signing last year from Arizona, he's done a really nice job in all areas. And I, I think ultimately that'll help them. I mean, they, look, the Packers defensively this year have a chance to be better than they were last year. They draft the Walker kid in the first round. He's going to play next to he's going to play next to Campbell. They signed Jared Reed, who wasn't as good as I hoped he would be in Kansas City. He's had two bad seasons. The kid from Alabama who was at Seattle and could really rush the passer. But with Smith and Gary coming off the edge, Stokes I thought played well. Alexander back. We saw Douglas. I mean, the two players they got from Arizona. Douglas and Campbell end up being the two best players on the Packers defense last year. When I, I'm old, Michael, right? So I like to kind of educate some younger football fans out there. When I look at the betting market and I see that Micah Parsons is 130 to 1 to win MVP, well, you know as well as anybody who the last defensive player was to win MVP, and that would be Lawrence Taylor back in 1986. Not defensive player of the year, MVP of the league. Okay, and I know sometimes people go, well, it's a quarterback-driven award. Now, you can't win MVP. What would it take for a guy like Micah Parsons to be like LT? Because LT earned it when he won MVP. I know the game has changed a little bit, uh, certainly in those 30 years since Lawrence Taylor did it in 86. But that's how dominant he was because he literally changed the game. And Aaron Donald's been in that discussion for MVP, for league MVP, not just Defensive Player of the Year. But for Micah Parsons, to me, that's respect in the betting market that in a quote-unquote quarterback-driven award that you have Micah Parsons at 130-1. to Do you think there's ever a chance that we could see a defensive player win this award, or is it now theoretically just a quarterback award? I think it's a quarterback award, and I think the rules have eliminated the defensive player from really having that opportunity. You know, the, the way you can't reroute receivers, the way the quarterback gets so much protection in terms of hits after, after he's thrown the football, it's a passing league. And so the quarterback is always going to be the guy who strows, straws, uh, stirs the drink. Mm-hmm. And look, if Donald can't win it as dominant as he's been, it's hard for anybody. I mean, Von Miller, the year they won the Super Bowl, was wow. as dominant as any player in the league. He didn't win it. I can't imagine Parsons can match that domination and win it. You know, now if the Cowboys go undefeated and they've beaten teams 13 to 10, they're winning 20 to 16, they're not scoring points and their defense is dominating like the, like the New York football giants who really tailored their team around the ability of, of, of Lawrence Taylor to take over games then. But that's not the league any longer. You know, what I was most impressed with with Michael Parsons last year in year number one coming out of Penn State is when Tank Lawrence went down for the Cowboys. And they said, all right, you've had this incredible start to the season playing standing up. Now we're going to put your hand down and go get the quarterback. And he did that. So, Michael, when I look at the versatility that Parsons brings, right, because he is one of those guys that can truly do it all. Where, where do you think his role is best suited? Is it hand in the dirt or is it standing up? I think it's moving around. I think it's create the matchup. It's no different than in basketball. Who's going to guard you? 
You're right. And how can we create a switch? How do? We, why do we run so much pick and roll in basketball? Is to create somebody to have to switch on somebody who can't guard them. Well, it's the same thing with pass protections. You want to create a switch. You want to create a mismatch so Parsons gets in the advantage. If you line them up at right defensive end every play, mm-hmm. the, then the tackle and the guard, or the tackle, the tight end, or the tackle and the back. You know, you set inside out, and somebody you can chip them and double team them easily. If you line them up behind the center behind the, 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 the nose tackle. You don't know if he's going to go to the B-gap to the strong side, if he's going to go to the B-gap to the weak side. You've got to be able to. And then once he gets there, you've got to be able to handle his quickness. So his versatility is what makes him so unique. If he was just a down guy and he was just coming off the edge, you know, like Miles Garrett, it's a little bit easier. Not, it's not that it's easy. It's a little easier to block. I'm very excited to see what that kid can do in year number two, and that's why he's a blue chipper on your off-the-ball linebackers. When we come back, Thomas Gable is going to join the program, figure out what's going on at the Borgata. Come on back, Lombardi on, on Decent, the Sports Betting Network. The VEASAN Summer Special is here. For only $19, you get everything VEASAN has to offer from now to the end of the month. So today, you're going to get VEASAN's daily best bets, including Adam Burke's daily MLB best bets, and about preseason coverage, premium articles on golf, UFC, and NASCAR. So if you want that full VEASAN experience, which features a daily best bets email, every edition of Point Spread Weekly, use of our betting tools, and a live video stream whenever you want it. The cost is only $19 to be a subscriber now through July 31st. Back alongside Michael Lombardi, I am Dave Ross. This is the Lombardi Line. And, Michael, Rory McIlroy, steady as she goes, one under on his round. He's still the betting favorite, minus $1.75. Just stuck the green on the par, uh, the very tough par three. So it looks like par should be the worst score he makes there. Uh, the second ba- betting favorite now is Cam Young, the, the youngster out of New York at 5-1. to one. He is actually tied with Victor Hovland at 5-1 to one in that market. Uh, Cam Smith... Uh, by the way, is still hanging in there at about plus $6. So we'll see how that market keeps shifting here. Dustin Johnson now is the, the longest long chat at 130 to 1. So it does feel like in the betting market, we've separated to four. Rory, Vic, Cam Smith, and Cam Young. So we'll keep an eye as those numbers change. Speaking of numbers, let's bring in Thomas Gable, the director of race and sportsbook at the Borgata in New Jersey. And Thomas, good morning to you, sir. I wonder before we get into what's happening now on the course, what type of action did you see coming into round four? Because it felt like maybe a two-horse race here. Were you seeing any players come in on some of the longer shots? And now, again, the field feels like it's separating to a final four. Yeah, Dave, I think uh, you're right that now it's kind of separating into this final four. And I think if you were handicapping this overnight and looking at those adjusted prices um, prior to the start of this round, uh, you had the two guys obviously at the top there, McElroy and Hovland, tied at 16 under, and then there was a four-shot difference between them and and the two cams. And uh, McElroy was, you know, the favorite minus 110 uh, coming into the round. Hovland plus 175, and then you got down to Young and Smith, and you said, well, how how do these guys really have a chance? They're four shots back, the two different guys, and. It's really, I think, you'd have to say the cams would really have to come out, be aggressive. There's really not pressure, if you think about it. They're, they're doing the chasing, so they don't have the pressure on them. Um, they can play aggressively. Uh, 
they they don't really have to remain conservative, whereas McElroy and Hovland, they're being chased. So um, the one thing I will say that we've seen so far out of uh, out of all these guys uh, in their round thus far, McElroy obviously now is the leader. Uh, we're, we are trading this in play right now as we speak, so McElroy is now minus 250 mm. to win. Um, and we have Young right now at 5-1 to one, uh, right now. Currently, he's tied for second with Holland. Uh, Holland's plus 550, and we have Cam Smith at plus 750 right now as we speak. But um, McElroy, if you watch golf and, we, and you've seen McElroy through the years, you can tell by his body language how things are going. And, you, you know, it seems like there's always lately with him, there's been one round every major that's kind of thrown him off course. He hasn't had that yet. That's right. And and I think today what we've seen doesn't appear like that's going to be the case today either. Uh, when you look at his body language, the guy bounces when he walks, you know, when <laughs> things are going well. He's got the bounce going for him. <laughs> the club twirls on the irons when, you know, when he hits it pure. And you're seeing all that, all of those positive uh, body language moments that you come to have You've come to see from Rory over the years. You're seeing him here today, so I think the the people who are chasing him are going to be uh, up against it here. And uh, kudos to you, though, for last night. I will say this: I did respond to you on Twitter. There, you pointed out Cam Young because nobody was talking about him, but um, Cam Young has uh, uh, really uh, shown up here. Yes, and, uh, you know. Out, out of nowhere, and uh, this guy has a legitimate shot. Yeah, I mean, don't you feel like the way Rory is playing, though, TG? I, I kind of get the sense he's in complete control of himself. Like, he's he's fair. I was worried yeah. after the interview with Kath, with Catherine Tappen that he was going to bring the demons back from the past, but he really looks like he's very comfortable in with this golf course. And, and frankly, through the first – he's had no obstacles so far. Right, absolutely, and that's why I say you you could just tell by looking at him. He's in complete control, and he feels good about how he's hitting the ball right now. Whether it's off the tee or approach shots, he's playing with a lot of confidence right now. Uh, Hovland, you know, it, listen, I don't think anybody really thought coming into this tournament Hovland was going to be playing in the final pairing and tied for the lead. I mean, this guy really hasn't shown much at all this season. Maybe last year uh, you would have expected that out of Hovland, but. Um, so he's really kind of come out of nowhere in this tournament uh, to be in the spot that he's in. And uh, and just as we speak here, I'll say this, uh, you know, McElroy is still minus 275. Uh, Young is now 13 to 1 mm-hmm. there. And uh, Hovland now the... Uh, the second betting favorite, plus 450. Well, so. we, we just saw Thomas. And, again, I, I, I think Cam Young has, has had an exceptional week, but he just put one into the gorse bush as we were speaking, and I believe he's taking an unplayable. I don't have the, the sound up, so it's hard to hear, but it, it looks like he's walking back, which means he's not going to be able to play out of this gorse bush, gorse bush and going to have to take an unplayable. And I got I to gotta think here, if he makes worse than bogey, his championship aspirations are going to go by the board. Uh, Rory's got a t- – looks like pretty much a little bit longer than a tap in here, but he does make his par in the tough par three. So Rory steady as she goes at 17 under. This could take out Cam Young, and then it could be down to Hovland, Cam Smith, 
and Rory. So this is what happens. Mm -hmm. You start separating like a racehorse here, and maybe we're going to come down the stretch, and it could be a three-horse race here unless Rory makes a mistake. It could be certainly right now uh, his tournament to lose. Uh, very quickly, this is something, Thomas, I was curious about there in New York, and I asked Will Hill about it last hour. We just saw that Juan Soto for the Washington Nationals turned down what would have made him the highest-paid player in the history of Major League Baseball, and somehow he said, no, don't want that. And yep. then the Nationals said, okay, you are now free to take your services elsewhere. We will entertain trade offers. There in the Jersey, New York area, and, and I'm curious if the Mets or Yankees would get involved in the Juan Soto sweepstakes. Has anything changed from you in, in a future perspective here for some of the power brokers that be? Because it feels like Juan Soto would be a huge bargaining chip for a team that wants to make a real run of the World Series. I agree. The question is really, <laughs> what would the Nationals be looking for in return um, when a guy turns down that kind of money? Um, you know, this is would have to be a, a monster deal. Uh, somebody would really have to um, come to the table with a lot for the Nats, I think, too. Um, and at this point, listen, the Nats, you know, they should be uh, looking for a big return. Um, it, until we actually see a deal come through, uh, nothing's really going to change on our end in terms of futures prices uh, or anything like that. But uh, you would expect, yes, the two New York teams uh, to probably – um, make some sort of play or some overtures uh, for, for him. Um, I, I don't know who else really would have the capital to, uh, to get involved in something like that, though. You know, TG, not to, I want to talk a little bit about this golf tournament that's going on. I know you've got uh, a lot of uh, celebrities at the Borgata today. Uh, the, the Jimmy Johnson Fishing Open, does it conclude today? I think that's one of the biggest <laughs> prizes in all of fishing. Is that true? I think it may be over, Michael. I think it may be may have completed uh, yesterday or the day before. But yeah, I think uh, everybody has uh, has jumped on their boats and uh, taken taken off. The <laughs> Can other you shores. bet the fishing tournament? Can you bet it? I know it's been a huge <laughs> lift for Atlantic City. Is there a way you can bet it? No, no. Well, not, at least with us, we didn't offer anything. I'm not even sure it's approved for wagering. Uh, but uh, I, I know it does draw it does draw a lot of uh, people in and a lot of big names. Uh, you know, a lot of athletes uh, are are actually taking part in it on various teams on various boats. So, yeah, it's uh, it's good for the city overall, uh, definitely, and uh, uh, a lot of fun for for those participants. And you can you know get out there and see some of those uh, guys in a setting that you don't normally see them in. And it did. It wrapped up yesterday, gentlemen, and a million-dollar first-place prize. So that is not something to be taken lightly. But if we had a fish expert here at VEASAN, I would love to hear the breakdown. I would love to hear. Because yeah. to me, I would have bet on Ted Williams. Like, if you could go back in history and bet on any angler, Ted Williams, people forget, not just arguably the greatest hitter that ever lived, not just a Marine Corps fighter pilot, but one of the best anglers that we've ever seen. What a resume Ted Williams has had. I mean, put that up against any historical athlete, and I think Ted Williams might have the best resume of all. Yeah, I think well, for next year, I, I think we need to have it. Applebaum do a breakdown on the on the fishing tournament. <laughs> I would love to. Where's the steam coming in on which angler? I would yeah. absolutely love that. Hey, Thomas, appreciate you as always on a Sunday, my friend. Enjoy the rest of this golf. Uh, hopefully it's going to get a little bit more tense there at the Borgata. 
Thanks, TG. Yeah, it should be fun. Uh, Thank you, guys. Can't wait to see how this plays out. But again, right now, Rory McIlroy still with a two-shot lead in big-time trouble for Cam Young. So we'll investigate that a little bit when we come back with Wes Reynolds and get his thoughts in-game this fourth round of the British Open. Does Wes have any plays he likes as we continue to go down the stretch at the British? Come on back. It's the Lombardi on of these and these sports betting network. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. I've been a journalist for two decades, writing cover stories for Business Week, Fortune, and Wired. And now, every Monday, I bring you conversations with people who are thinking deeply about work and where it fits into our lives. Like Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella on growth mindsets. The learn-it-all does better than the know-it-all. Or MacArthur Genius winner Angela Duckworth on talent versus grit. Your long-term effort and your long-term commitment are surprisingly important. Each episode delivers pragmatic advice for right now. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. You can build internal resources. That's what the study of psychology is about, building internal resources. Turning towards is one of the most important elements of successful relationships, no matter what kind of relationship it is. The thing that underpins all of this productivity stuff is finding a way to make the journey itself enjoyable. The journey is the destination. The beauty of uncertainty is infinite possibility. When you don't know what's next, you don't know what's next. And thus, anything can be next. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. 
Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks, unleashes the spirit of Las Vegas with BetMGM Rewards. Every time you make a wager at BetMGM, you're going to earn BetMGM Rewards points that you can redeem for online bonus credits like free bets and risk-free tokens. Planning a trip to Vegas? Come on out. Convert those BetMGM points into MGM Rewards points that you can use towards dining shows and hotel rooms at over 20 MGM resort properties located on the Las Vegas Strip and nationwide. BetMGM is sports betting's premier loyalty program featuring exclusive offers, incredible experiences, and valuable perks when you wager on the BetMGM app. Sign up with BetMGM or log on today to get an even bigger piece of the action with BetMGM Rewards. Eligible restrictions to apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Please gamble responsibly. If you have a problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Back alongside Michael Lombardi, I am Dave Ross. Michael, I don't know if you heard the deep sigh from Femi and I here in the studio. Cam Smith had a golden opportunity for birdie on nine. Probably about a 10-footer, a putt he makes nine out of 10 times. The one time he did not make it, so he stays three shots back. Cam Young did make a bogey on the said ninth hole after getting that gorse bush, so he comes back to Cam Smith. But what that does, it really does give Rory some separation here, and I think if Cam Smith is nipping at his heels, even more so than Victor Hovland and Cam Young, then maybe a little bit of pressure is applied because you know the caliber of player of a Cam Smith. But for Rory, if it stays Victor, and it stays Cam Young, I think there's a comfort level there for Rory, thinking that those guys really can't chase him down. Yeah, I mean, and, and as every hole goes by, comfort starts to get her into Rory's world because they run out of holes to catch him. And, you know, and I think that that's really the key. You know, he's, we've got basically 10 holes left to go, and mm. he's got a two-shot lead, and everybody like Jordan Spieth, Tommy Fleetwood, all those guys, Dustin Johnson, who's three under on the day, just th- there's not enough holes. Absolutely not. So let's bring in our buddy Wes Reynolds, of course. Uh, does a great job on just about every sport here in the network, but I always love talking golf with Wes. Follow him on Twitter as I do at Wes Reynolds 1. Wes, if it's a thoroughbred and if – Rory is secretariat. Again, we'll do the horse racing analogy. Is there a rich strike out there? Is there somebody from back of the pack that can still come get him? It sure doesn't look like it, guys. Uh, You just haven't seen any of these guys back in the pack go really that low. Like, you don't have anybody five or six under on their round to really chase. And you were mentioning uh, Cameron Smith there on the open. Uh, the mullet man, our guy, needed that one on number nine Boy. to get to 15 under. I think that that was a, a big miss there. And Michael's absolutely right in terms of running out of holes, and especially the holes that they have coming up. Uh, the lead group, Rory and Victor Hovland, are on number nine. So if you go with number nine, number 10, and number 12, these are all at least close to drivable par fours or at the bare minimum you're going to have, you know, one of those short like 40 to 50 yard pitch shots where you can just pitch and putt and have good birdie looks. So, yeah, the hour's getting very late. I think at BetMGM right now, Rory's about minus $3. Mm-hmm. That's the biggest price I've seen all morning. Victor Hovland, 5-1. to one. Cameron Smith, 10-1. to one. So, yeah, these guys that are kind of, you know, it looks like they're getting on a roll. Like we just saw it with Adam Scott, who was on my card this week at 130-1. to one gets to 13 under it's like okay you know if he can birdie three or four in a row on the back 
he could be right there. And then he doubles uh, at number 11. So, yeah, the hour's getting kind of late here. And uh, Victor Hovland, I thought, really hung with Rory and went blow for blow with him yesterday. But you get to Sunday, it's just a different bird. And, you know, Rory talked about his strategy and talking about this with Tiger Take advantage of the par fives. Take advantage of the short par fours. No mistakes. And Rory really hasn't made any mistakes. So, uh, you know, he's got the bounce in his step. I think he's got a lot of confidence just looking at him, how he's walking out there, his body language. This, this is on his club, basically, to go ahead and get this home. Yeah, I don't disagree with you, Wes. I, I think he looked very confident. And when he whips that driver out, now, I think he has three more or maybe four more of those easy, drivable par fours. How do you think he'll approach that? Yeah, I think he's going to be aggressive, Michael. The best club in Rory's bag is always his driver. He's one of the best drivers of the golf ball, you know, in modern-day golf history. If you look every single week, when I do the uh, column and point spread weekly, and I usually pick out a few stats depending on the tournament, depending on the layout of the course. And one of the stats that more often than not that will appear in those columns are strokes gained off the tee. And if you look at who's always at the top and strokes gained off the tee, it's Rory McIlroy. And that, that's obviously including the fact that he's one of the longest hitters out there. But for a guy that's such a long hitter, he's pretty straight. He doesn't really spray it that wayward off the tee. And there you see he's got a nice short 57-yard pitch shot. He's going to get that to about 10 feet for birdie. So just keep giving himself chances because these guys aren't putting any pressure on him. you know. And you can see how he's approaching it with how good he is off the tee. That allows him to, I think, have a greater margin for error to make no mistakes, and he's not making any mistakes so far. Yeah, he's going to have the same putt that Cam Smith just missed on nine. If Rory converts that, it really is going to give him that separation. Uh, Cam Smith, by the way, is in tight on 10, so it looks like he's going to have a good look for birdie there. If you guys would allow me to use a Top Gun analogy from 1986, it feels like Rory right now could be Iceman, no mistakes right? Just kind of steady as she goes. Whereas Cam Smith is the Maverick. He's the wild card. Flies by the seat of his pants. So, Wes, could we see where Maverick, he's going to have to take some chances here to try to get into this thing, but also that's where danger lurks. Because you mentioned Adam Scott. All of a sudden, if you try to go for broke here, try to drive these par fours, it's interesting because Rory's best club is the driver, but that could also be danger, right? That if he makes one wayward tee shot, gets in a gorse bush like we just saw with Cam Young, finds a pop bunker or something like that, that's where danger could actually manifest itself. So even though it's the best club in his bag, should he play it more like Iceman? Maybe go irons and just make sure he gets home in two? I think with Rory McIlroy, he's got to kind of just stick with what he's doing. And I know that we've seen that theme a little bit in majors, Dave, if we go back to the PGA Championship with uh, Mito Pereira when he was in the final group and he drove it in the hazard. But keep in mind, these are guys, you know, first time really in contention. Uh, Cameron Young was, of course, in contention at the PGA. But, you know, you kind of have to have a little bit more trust in Rory McIlroy that he's going to know how to handle this, that he's going to be able to manage the, you know, his course management is going to be good. And I think that that's what's kind of held Cameron Smith back a little bit. I thought yesterday Cameron Smith's course management was actually very poor. Everybody said, oh, it was just about the putter regression. And certainly that contributed to it, but it was really just the course management. You could kind of see a little bit of the difference between a guy like Cameron Smith that's right there, top five in the world, and he's going to win a major, I think, at some point, and a guy like Rory McIlroy that's been there, done that where he's going for his fifth major this week 
and, you know, top five in the world as he just misses birdie there, just slips out. But he's going to stay at 1,700 par, and you can just tell the difference in terms of the course management. Rory's not making any dumb decisions here. I mean, he's being aggressive when he has to be and then tapping on the brakes when he has to. Uh, gentlemen, Michael, you know this, being an executive in the NFL, there's no cheering in the press box, right? And for 20-some-odd years, whenever I was at a game in the press, never cheered. Femi and I just cheered Rory McIlroy missing that putt on nine. We were going crazy here for a second. So we're not in a press box, so we can cheer here for some drama down the stretch. So Rory's going to have a, it looks like a tap in par. Uh, and he's going to make that par here on nine. So no blood for Cam Smith missing the same putt that Rory just missed and still has that three-shot lead over Cam Smith, two-shot lead over Victor Hovland. Wes, very quickly, Victor Hovland, and it feels like we're starting to kind of ignore the possibility of him coming back from two shots back. His weakest part of his game is his chipping, and that's why I didn't give him a great chance this week to win. Are you surprised by what you've seen out of Vic Hovland this week? Uh, actually, a little bit, uh, and and I, maybe I shouldn't be because this is the type of course you could think that he could flourish where, you know, he can bomb it off the tee a little bit and, and really get it close and be aggressive on these par fours, even though he wasn't here at number nine. You bring him up, and he kind of laid back there a right. little bit, and it's like you realize you're two back of Rory McIlroy in the final group of the Open, right? Yeah, you got to go be it. aggressive. Yeah, at some point, Victor Hoblin's going to have to take a chance here. You can't, you know, rely on Rory McIlroy coming back to you and making a mistake. But you're absolutely right in, in terms of his, of his chipping. And I think he knows his game kind of around the green. It's not so much just his putting. It's really the chipping and the short pitches. That's got to be better because Victor Hovland is a top 10 player in the world, legit, you know, with the talent, with the ranking. This is a guy that certainly has the major championship pedigree and to be a big time player over the next 10 to 15 years. But you got to think you have to tidy that up a little bit. And it actually reminded me of Dustin Johnson, who they just showed. It wasn't necessarily like his chipping and pitching game. It was really his iron play. If you remember the last time the Open was here at the old course at St. Andrews, that back in 2015, that's where you could really tell, okay, this is the chink in that guy's armor, his wedge game. And he tightened it up. And ever since he's won a couple major championships. So all of these guys, especially all of these young guys, have some sort of weakness in their game. Like you bring in Marikawa, he's weak off the tee. So everybody's just got to tidy it up a little bit. Wes, we appreciate it. As they say, game on, kids. Cam Smith just birdied 10. Cam Young birdied 10. We got three at 15 under, two off the lead of Rory McIlroy. Wes, appreciate you, my friend. Have a great rest of your uh, golfing Sunday viewing, as I know Michael and I are going to enjoy as well. Michael, appreciate the conversation as always. Thank you, David. All right. Femi, James Salinas, top of the hour. Don't go anywhere. It's VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. BetMGM welcomes you with a special offer on the major golf tournament in the United Kingdom. Simply place a $10 Moneyline wager on any golfer to win. If any golfer makes a birdie during the tournament, you'll win $200 in free bets, regardless of your bet's outcome. Just use bonus code V. Just use bonus code V. Just use bonus code V. Just use bonus code From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. 
Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.